This is the Mutual Audio Drama Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audience. Did you just blow off that eyelash? Well, your wish has been granted. The Sonic Society with Jack Ward and David Alt. I've at least been able to rewire this door so I can use the central control to open... Guess not. But it seems I've been able to catch a monitor feed from inside the central control. No sound yet, but... Is that... Is that David there? And he's with... The Vidic. Is he captured? He looks like... It can't be. It can't be working with, with them. Can he? No, no, no! I've lost the connection. Wait a minute. There. Through this, on the other side of the ductwork, can that be... That's the heart of the tortoise. I can see the Audi, or PPC, depending upon who you talk to, surrounded by David's TARDIS engine. It must be glowing so much more brightly because we're coming into the heart of audio space season, Christmas time. And what better way to end the season than with Misfit Audio's holiday review and Voices in the Wind, the spirit of Christmas Day. Hi, this is Glenn Haskell, one of the writers and producers here at Misfits Audio. To say I love Christmas would be an understatement. Every year I look for new and sometimes old ways of sharing the holiday spirit. This audio drama shares three stories that you probably never heard. Each story was adapted and changed from the original public domain story. If you're ready, let's head to a classic Oregon Trail Christmas. The days are so cold and this Christmas is lonely in the old settler's cabin that houses him only. The guest unexpected, the guest oh so needy. There's not much to give and he's not being greedy. Yet what he thought important and couldn't be spared was just what made Christmas want to be shared. Let's head to Big Rattle where two old friends meet. The wind is a-howlin' and the snow's getting deep. Christmas guest on Big Rattle. Audrey sat at the Big Rattle camp watching the fire. It was Christmas Eve, a season of peace, he told himself, as he watched the fire on the rough, undecorated walls of the cabin. Outside, the wind blew, sweeping over the treetops. The air was cold. So Colby had tramped many miles, all the way from Fox Harbor. His wife was sick, his baby hungry. During the weary journey, he'd found no food. The man was hungry and weak, but he kept walking. So Colby brightened when he finally saw Archer's cabin. Archer was dreaming of Christmas when he was startled by a rattle of snowshoes and a soft knock on the door. He sprang across the cabin and pulled open the door. A short, stooping figure shuffled in and fell against him. Merry Christmas! Uh, how do? said a weary voice. Merry Christmas, brother. Bless me, but it's a Kobe. I'm very tired, replied the man, sinking to the floor. Archer helped him to a nearby bunk. The man sunk into the bed and rested. After a while, Sir Kobe opened his eyes and gazed at Archer. 
John Archer, thank you, my friend, he said. Any food? What do you say to bacon and tea? Or would tin beef suit you better? Archer said. Bacon, please, replied Sokobi. He lifted himself on his elbow and watched Archer pull a frying pan from under the bunk. Well, by the time the bacon was fried, Sokobi was revived enough to sit by the fire. It was easy to see he was hungry. Archer looked on as his friend ate and said, Sokobi, you're going to kill yourself. Nope, don't think so, replied the man as he downed another slice and mouthful of hard bread. What brings you here this time of year? asked Archer. My wife and baby are sick. Nothing to eat. Archer gazed at the fire. No luck fishing? he asked. His guest shook his head. Not much. He drew his sleeve across his mouth. Well, the two men talked for hours. Sokobi had lots of news to share. Soon they both began to nod. Archer made a bed on the floor for Sokobi with a couple of caribou skins and a heavy blanket. Sokobi watched him with interest. Can I take some bacon with me? he asked. My family's hungry, and bacon is better than fish. Archer shook his head. You'll have to do with fish, he replied. But I'll give you a tin of condensed milk for your baby. I do appreciate it, said Sokobi. Archer thought about the food he had, and then going over to a bag near his bunk, he pulled out a bright red silk handkerchief and a red flannel shirt. You're welcome to these, he said. Sokobi was grateful. Archer tied the articles into a neat pack and stood it in the corner. Now we better get some sleep, he said, and blew out the light. In ten minutes, both men were in the deep sleep of the weary. The fire faded and flushed like a precious jewel. The wind washed over the cabin and brushed against the door. It was dawn when Archer awoke. He sat up in his bunk and looked about the room. Sokobi was nowhere to be seen. He glanced at the corner by the door. Rifle and pack were both gone. He looked up at the rafter where a slab of bacon was always hung. It too was gone. He jumped out of his bunk and ran to the door. He looked out. Not a breath of air stirred. In the east, bright colors broke the Christmas morning sky, and he saw the imprints of Sokobi's round snowshoes. For a long time, the trapper stood in the doorway in silence, looking out of the stillness and beauty. Poor Sokobi, he said after a while. Well, he's welcome to the bacon, even if it's all I had. He turned to light the fire and prepare breakfast. Something at the foot of his bunk caught his eye. He went over and took it up. It was a beautiful handmade quilt, he turned it over, and a note fell out with Sokobi's writing. It read, Archer. Well, bless my old friend, exclaimed the trapper huskily. Who would have thought I should get a Christmas present? And Archer spent Christmas morning considering that perhaps bacon was a small price to pay for good friends. And as he thought, the wind sang a holiday tune. And it reminded Archer that he was never really alone. You just heard a tale of men who had little would take a new trip to a home filled with vittles. Three children are restless in need of a story. A papa wants rest, must choose between tale or be sorry. Is it a story of pigs or a tale of desire? The three children snuggle close to the fire. And what will they learn in a story of stuff? Perhaps satisfaction comes when you live with enough. Be careful what you ask for.
Would you three go get your papa? <laughs> I've got breakfast to get ready. <laughs> papa? <laughs> Are you busy? <sighs> well, yes. Yes, I, I am. You go up. I'm trying to wake up. But you could tell us a story, right? I could. But I'm... I'm busy. All right, come here. Yay! <laughs> oh, oh, you're getting big. Uh, okay, once upon a time, there was a little pig. No, Papa, not a pig story. Yeah, we're tired of those. You are, huh? Well, what? Well, what kind of story shall I tell them? Christmas. Yay, Christmas! Christmas. Well, how about... The little girl who wanted Christmas every day. That's better than pigs. Yeah. <laughs> Although a girl who wanted Christmas every day and a pig are a lot alike. Both are pretty greedy. The story, Papa. Once there was a little girl who liked Christmas so much that she wanted it to be Christmas every day. And she began to send postcards to the Christmas fairy to ask if she could have it. But the old fairy never answered. And after a while, the little girl learned that the fairy was pretty particular and would only accept letters, not postcards. The day before Christmas, she got a letter from the fairy saying she could have Christmas every day for a year. And then they would see about having it longer. Christmas? Every day? Oh! Yes. The little girl was preparing for the regular once-a-year Christmas that was coming the next day, and she kept the Christmas everyday news to herself. She wanted to surprise everybody with it when it kept coming true. Funny how the once-a-year Christmas makes you forget everything else. She forgot? Yep, she had a wonderful Christmas. She went to bed early to make sure Santa Claus would fill the stockings. In the morning, she was the first one up. Her stocking was filled with goodies. Then she waited around till the rest of the family were up to open the big presents. It was a wonderful Christmas. She ate so much candy she didn't want breakfast. She ate turkey and cranberry and nuts and raisins and oranges and more candy. Then she went out for a sled ride and came in with a stomach ache, crying. Everybody went to bed unhappy. They had acted like... Pigs. Papa, no pigs. Oh, that's right. Where was I? (laughs) Oh, yes. The little girl slept well and had to be awakened by her family holding stockings filled with goodies. It was Christmas again? Well, yes. Seems the Christmas fairy had made it possible. So the family went through the goodies, the presents, the sled ride, and the tummy ache all over again. When you put it that way, they do sound like pigs. Oink, oink. (laughs) Ah, but remember, that's only part of the story. That's good. Well, the little girl's parents didn't quite know what to think. Something was wrong, but they didn't know how to correct it. Each new day, the family was more grumpy. And at the end of the week, so many people had lost their tempers that you could pick up lost tempers anywhere. Usually you got somebody else's. And we never like other people's bad tempers. The little girl was ashamed to ask the fairy to take back her gift. It seemed ungrateful. But she had no idea how she could stand this for a whole year. And so it went on and on. It was Christmas on Valentine's Day and President's Day. And April Fool's? (laughs) Yeah, although that day everyone thought it was just a joke. Ooh, hoo-hoo. Yep, that too. How about Labor Day? Yeah, even No Housework Day. 
No housework. I like the sound of that. I thought you might, dear. <clears throat> Potatoes and turkeys were hard to find. They began to call almost everything a turkey. The most famous was half-grown hummingbirds. People had to pay a diamond for a cranberry. The forests were empty because everyone needed new Christmas trees. They were even using palm trees. People couldn't afford to buy new presents every day, so they started giving some of their old presents and using newspapers to wrap the gifts. Oh, that's, that's bad. bad. So what happened? What happened next, Papa? Well, after it had gone on a few months, whenever the little girl would come into the room in the morning and saw those great, ugly, lumpy stockings dangling at the fireplace and the disgusting presents around everywhere, she would just sit down and burst out crying. In six months, she was exhausted. She couldn't even cry anymore. She just laid on the couch and rolled her eyes. That's horrible. People didn't carry presents around nicely anymore. They flung them over the fence or on the porch. Nearly everybody had rented storage lockers to hold their presents. But pretty soon, they couldn't even hold the presents. So the people let the gifts lie out in the rain or on the grass or in the trees. Sometimes the police used to come and tell them to shovel their presents off the sidewalk. Was it everyone poor? Well, they were. But if they really wanted a gift, they could just walk out to the sidewalk or the dumpster. You could always find a gift that year, although no one seemed to want them. How was it at Thanksgiving? Mm, I'm almost afraid to tell you. Well then, you gotta tell. You gotta know what's happened. Yeah, we gotta know. Hmm, <laughs> all right. Before Thanksgiving arrived, it was discovered who had caused all these Christmases. No? Actually, yes. And the little girl suffered so much, hardly anybody would play with her. If it had not been for her greediness, this wouldn't have happened. And now, Thanksgiving had come, and she wanted them to go to church and show their gratitude. But they said that all the turkeys had been eaten up for her Christmas dinners. And if she would stop the Christmases, then maybe they would be grateful. That wasn't very nice. The very next day, the little girl began to send letters to the Christmas fairy, and then telegrams to stop it. But it didn't do any good. And then she got to calling at the fairy's house, but that didn't do any good. And so it went on until it came to the old once-a-year Christmas Eve. The little girl fell asleep, and when she woke up in the morning... She had breakfast? No. She found it was all nothing but a dream? No. She washed her hair? No. Nope. There has to be more. Breakfast is ready. Oh, Papa, don't stop. I don't want to eat, Papa. You can't end the story like that. But breakfast... We got to know what happened. Breakfast is ready. Well, she woke up to find that it wasn't Christmas at all. In fact, Christmas would never come again anymore at all. Okay, let's eat. Thank you. You're welcome. Papa, I'm hungry, but that's no way to end a story. You gotta finish it right. Really? Let's go get some breakfast. Papa, the story isn't cooked enough. There's gotta be more. You can't just leave the story like that. Yeah, don't leave the story like that. But make it quick. I know. Breakfast. Okay, kids, how do you think the story should end? Christmas, once a year. Well, since I'm making this up, I suppose it would be all right. So what happened? Everyone was happy, even people in Canada and Sheboygan. The people met together and cleaned things up. Unopened presents were used as frisbees, and the children had no interest in getting more presents that day. 
They all had the greatest time. And the little girl went to thank the old fairy because it was no longer Christmas every day. The girl hoped the fairy would keep her promise and see that Christmas never, never came again. Then the old fairy frowned and asked her if she was sure she knew what she wanted. And the little girl wanted to know, why not? And the old fairy said that now she was being greedy. Again? Again. This made the little girl think it all over carefully again. And after some thought, she said Christmas once a year would be all right. Then the fairy said that was a good plan. That had pleased the people ever since Christmas began, and the next Christmases would come just once. Yay! Yay! So, how was that? I loved it, Papa. My favorite part was a half-grown hummingbird. Are you coming to breakfast? What have I been listening to? Oh, just a before-breakfast story. (laughs) (laughs) Now how about some tickles for breakfast? (laughs) 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 Gotcha. (laughs) Joe once understood the heart of the season, but this year he just wasn't sure of the reason. A late-night visit from a jolly elf in a beard forced him to think as the blessed day neared. He remembers his childhood. He remembers his boy. What seems like melancholy might become joy. And the key to the season was a heart younger than face. Hands helping others. Old Santa presents his case. Late-night conversation. Joe Baker was very unhappy. It was Christmas Eve and he was miserable. Christmas music disturbed him. The jingle of holiday bells threatened to drive him mad. And the wind outdoors annoyed Joe Baker. Christmas used to mean something, but that was long ago. Not anymore. There's nothing in Christmas, at least for me. It's been so long since Santa Claus remembered me that I'm sure he doesn't even remember my name. Sure, it used to be different. Santa Claus used to think a great deal of me when I was a boy. Ah, but uh, I am no boy anymore. Joe suddenly became aware that somebody was entering the room. First came a draft of cold air, then a scraping, and then a strange shuffling. And all at once, Joe saw a pair of legs and a body dangle down the chimney, followed presently by a long white beard, a jolly red nose, and two bright twinkling eyes while over the head and forehead were drawn a fur cap white with snowflakes. Oh, they don't have the big wide chimneys they used to build, but they can't keep Santa Claus out, no, sir. Joe knew this was Santa Claus. He'd seen him once before when he was a little boy, and he'd never forgotten how Santa Claus looked. Santa Claus had not forgotten Joe. Santa Claus looked kindly at Joe and smiled. Merry Christmas to you, Joe. Thank you, Santa, but I don't believe it's going to be a very Merry Christmas. It's been so long since I've had a Merry Christmas that I don't believe I'd know how to act if I had one. Let's see, it's been about 50 years since I saw you last. Yes, you were eight years old the last time I slipped down the chimney of the old homestead and filled your stocking. 
Do you remember? Oh, I remember it well. I'd made up my mind to lie awake and see Santa Claus. I'd heard tell of you, but I'd never seen you. So I watched for you to come. I had to see you. I heard the big clock in the sitting room strike eleven, and I began wondering if you were ever going to come. When all of a sudden I heard the tinkle of the bells around your reindeer's neck. Then I heard the reindeers prancing on the roof. I was kind of scared and covered my head up with the sheets and quilts. Only I left a little hole so I could peek out and see what was going on. As soon as I saw you, I got over being scared, for you were jolly, and you chuckled as you went around each stocking and filled it up. I remember that night. I brought you a sled. A red one with Yankee Doodle painted on the side. It was made especially for you, you know. You filled all the stockings with candy and popcorn and nuts and raisins. And I can remember you said you were afraid you'd run out of popcorn balls before the night was over. Well, it was all I could do to lay still. But somehow or other, I began to feel sleepy all at once. And I couldn't keep my eyes open. Well, the next thing I knew, Otis was nudging me in the ribs. Santa Claus chuckled. His rosy cheeks beamed with joy. Did you ever slide downhill, Santa Claus? Yeah, I don't mean small hills like they have out here in this new country. But one of them old-fashioned New England hills that was made specially for boys to slide down. And about ten times longer coming up than it was going down. Wind blew in our faces and almost took our breath away. Well, about the only thing that made the day less than perfect. Morris Frisbee said he wasn't going to have folks breaking their necks just on account of a lot of frivolous boys that was bent on hurting themselves and others. I remember. I saw it all. That was so long ago. So very long ago. I've had no Christmas since, only once, when our little one, Marthy's in mine. You remember him, Santa Claus? A toddling little boy with blue eyes. Little Joe. He was like his mother, you know, gentle and loving. He wasn't more than three years old when you came with your Christmas presents for him, Santa Claus. We told him about you, and he used to go to the chimney every night and make a little prayer about what he wanted you to bring him. And you brought him, too, a stick horse and a picture book and some blocks and a drum. They're on the shelf in the closet there. And his little Christmas stocking with him. I've saved them all. And I've taken them out and held them in my hand oh so many times. But when I came again, his little bed was empty and I was alone. He killed his mother. Marthy was so tender-hearted she kind of drooped after that. So now they've been asleep side by side in the burying grounds these thirty years. Maybe that's why I'm so sad-like whenever Christmas comes, Santa Claus. The remembering makes me bitter almost. It's so different now from what it used to be. No, Joe. Oh, no, it's the same world and human nature is the same and always will be. You've just forgotten that this is a season where childhood must bloom in old hearts. True. But how may I know and feel this gladness when I have no little stocking hanging in my chimney corner? No child to call me Papa. I am alone. And that's where you're wrong, Joe. There are children in the city who would love and bless you for your goodness if you could make them happy. Give me just one gift tonight that I can give to a small boy. Joe, I I know this boy well. He's poor and sick. A simple toy will fill his Christmas with gladness. You could do that, couldn't you? His little sister, too. Uh, Take her some presents. Make him happy for me, Santa Claus. You're right. Make him happy for me. 
How sweetly Joe slept. When he awoke, the sunlight streamed through the window and seemed to bid him a merry Christmas. How contented and happy Joe felt. It must have been the talk with Santa Claus that did it. He'd never known a sweeter sense of peace. A little girl came out of the house over the way. She had a new doll in her arms and she sang a merry little song and she laughed with joy. And at the window sat the little sick boy. And the toy Santa Claus left him seemed to have brought him strength and health. For his eyes sparkled and his cheeks glowed. And it was plain to see that his heart was full of happiness. And oh, the chimes did ring out. And how joyfully they sang their Christmas carol that morning. They sang of love and charity till all the Christmas air seemed full of music. The carols, the sound of children's voices, the smile of the poor little boy over the way. All this sweet music crept into Joe's heart that Christmas morning. Yes, and with these sweet holy influences came others so subtle and divine that in its silent communion with them, Joe's heart cried out amen and amen to the glory of the Christmas time. Thanks for spending some time with us for Holiday Review, featuring adapted stories by Eugene Field, Theodore Goodridge Roberts, and William D. Howells. Each story offers perspective on the holidays, from greed to longing. I'd like to thank some special people for their help with Holiday Review, the Daynert family. That's John, Katie, Joni, Chloe, and Rigby, who voiced our middle story, and Hattie Lee for additional voices. Poetry and the stories within Holiday Review were written, revised, adapted, performed, and produced by Glenn Haskell. Additional mixing by John Daynert. Executive producer and webmaster, Captain John Tatterzak. Music provided by Incompetech.com and Katie Daynert. This production is for enjoyment purposes only and is an original production by Misfits Audio, copyright 2014. All rights reserved. All the characters portrayed in this story are fictitious. Any resemblance to real persons living or dead is purely coincidental. Recorded live in Huntsville, Ontario, Faith Baptist Church presents an original radio drama, The Spirit of Christmas Day, written and directed by George Czar. crazy so no slip-ups we don't mention it no matter what chris will take a team of horses to drag it out of me for insurance make that two teams of horses good idea chris brooke
In the living room, Mom. We're all set, right? No mention of it to your father? No okay, mention. Mom. Wait. Where's your little brother? Max? I thought he was upstairs getting dressed. I was upstairs. I didn't see him. Maybe he's downstairs getting his boots. No, I was downstairs. He wasn't there. Oh, my. If Max isn't upstairs and he isn't downstairs, where is he? Hello, everybody. Happy two days before Christmas. Shh. Hello, everybody. Happy two days before Christmas. Max, honey, please be quiet when you close the door. Shh. Be quiet, Max. Chris, Brooke, we're in agreement. No mention, okay? Sure, Mom. Max, you know what to do? Sure, Mom. What? <sighs> no mention of cutting down a Christmas tree to your father. This year, we're buying one that's already cut down. Okay, Mom. Thanks, kids. Let's not have a replay of last year. And I don't even want to think about two years ago. If he says anything, just change the subject. I think I hear him, Mom. Hi, everybody. Brr, it's snowy out there. Good morning, Eve. Today's the day we get the Christmas tree. Good morning, John. How does the snow look outside? The snow? Beautiful. Just beautiful. Good morning, Chris. So, let's go get the Christmas tree. Hi, Dad. Uh, yes, there is plenty of snow outside, isn't there? Plenty of snow. Yes, there is. And good morning, Brookie. Get your boots on. Time to get the Christmas tree. Good morning, Dad. Um, I, I second what Chris said. Snow. Lots of it. A lot of it. Snow. A blanket of white, yes. Oh, and good morning to my little Max. Did you sleep well last night? Let's cut down a Christmas tree, Dad. What a wonderful idea. I totally forgot about it. Let me get the handsaw from the shed. I'll be right back. Max, you weren't supposed to mention it. Didn't you know what to do? Sure. What? Thank you, sir. I'll bring back your change. You know, I am surprised to see you back at the Christmas tree farm after last year. You r remember us from last year? Whenever I tell people I work here at the Christmas tree farm, they talk and talk about how you and your family That's quite almost... interesting, Ms. Dappled. But we are back again this year. Well, hopefully this time you've got more of the spirit of Christmas Day. Yeah, hopefully. This time, it's just me and my oldest son out to cut down a tree for Christmas. I see. Um, young man. Uh, yes, Miss Dappled? Keep an eye on your father. I'll be right back with your change, folks. What did she mean by that? I guess people remember that you lost your temper last year. I didn't lose my temper! Forget it, Dad. We're almost done, and, um, nothing's happened. Yet. Right. Almost done. Tell you what. Let's trade places. I'll get up on the ladder and steady the tree, and you can finish up the sign. Wait, wait. Hold on, Dad. Maybe I should get back up on the ladder. It's better when you're, you know, closer to the ground. Don't be silly, Chris. I want you to have the fun of sawing through the tree trunk. <clears throat> this ladder is a little wobbly. I guess it's all the snow on the ground. Okay, go ahead. Here goes. Is that your cell, Dad? Yeah, probably work. Keep sawing. I'll hang on to the tree. Hello? Hey, John. It's Dennis. Just wanted to give you a heads up about that Granville account. 
Heads up, what about? I hear the boss might be taking it away from you. I've almost got through, Dad. Um, right, Chris, right. She can't do that, Dennis. I make most of my commission from the Granville account. She said that she... Oh, by the way, you did know my daughter Cassandra was chosen to sing at church on Christmas Eve. That's... that's real nice, Dennis, but it's got... Tough break about the account. Bye. Hold on to the ladder, Dad. How could they take it away from me? What was that, Chris? Dad! I'm okay, Chris. Everything's under control. Just got a few pine needles. Let me get this tree off and help you up. One, two, three. Well, you certainly got that tree down in a hurry. Now, if you could figure out how to avoid being covered in snow and pine needles, you might be on to something. (laughs) Go ahead and laugh. We did better than last year. Never mind her, Chris. I was a little distracted by the phone call. Let's put the blanket on top of the car, tie the tree on real tight, and head home to surprise everybody. Hey, Dad. I I see the ropes and everything in here, but no blanket. I guess we just have to tie the tree onto the roof without the blanket. Oh, no, we can't do that. The finish will get scratched up. Maybe we can borrow a blanket from somebody. No, we can do this on our own. We have rope. Let's tie the tree to the back bumper, and we can drag it to the house. Really? Chris, you'll find that when you depend on yourself, The results are always surprising. It's Christmas, yes, Christmas for why. It's Christmas hot cookies and pie. Oh, bake to me out in the sky. Go down and take a bite. John, please, it's really no problem for me to drive over there. I wanted to give some of this maple syrup to Mrs. Anderson anyway. She's right across the street from the auto repair shop. Okay, Mom, I got the bumper into the trunk with all the bolts and screws and stuff. I'll wait in the car for you. Thanks, Chris. Now look, Eve, about the car bumper. You see, after I put the car in drive, the ropes from the tree got... It's okay, John. (sighs) Things happen. Yes, yes, they do. Especially this time of year. Right. To you, in particular. Now, wait a minute! Don't worry, honey. Chris is coming to the repair shop with me. We'll be back in a little bit. Oh, I just put some Christmas cookies in the oven. Take them out for me in a few minutes when they're nice and brown. Nice and brown. Okay, bye. John, if you could just see your face... It's just a car bumper. If that was the only thing I have to worry about... Is it about the cost? We'll find the money. Nobody got hurt. Smile. It's almost Christmas. It's tough to smile with all the pressure. Try to smile. I'm smiling. Much better. Bye. Bye. Hey, Dad. Where's Mom? Hi, Brooke. She went uh, on a few errands with Chris. Nice tree you got, Dad. I saw it on the porch. Looks a little beat up, though. That's because it's an um, all-natural tree. They're always a little irregular-looking. 
Aren't you supposed to be next door at the Johnsons with your brother Max? Max is still there. I came back because Cassandra and Veronica are stopping by. Two of Dennis's kids? Uh-huh. With a pie from their mom. And I'm giving them some home-baked cookies in return. Cookies, that's right. I have to check on the Christmas cookies for you. <sighs> oh, I guess that's Dennis's two girls. I... Hi, Brooke. Hi, Brooke's father. Uh, hi, girls. Hi, Cassandra. Hi, Veronica. Congratulations about seeing you on Christmas Eve. Thanks, Brooke. I know you can't stay long, but come in and warm up a minute. Okay. Come on, Veronica. Here's the pie. I think my mom said it was peach or pumpkin or something. Maybe cherry? Thank you. Cherry sounds really good. Maybe it's sweet potato pecan. That's good, too. I'll go in the kitchen and wrap up the cookies for you. Talk to my dad till I come back. Oh, yes, cookies. Gotta check the cookies in the oven Brooke's before... Father. Um, yes, Cassandra? My sister Veronica wants to ask you something. Sure. She saw something through your window as we were walking up to your door. Really? She wants to ask you about the lights you have in your window. It's that bell that looks like it's ringing. I see. My sister Veronica asked me to ask you if she can ask you a question, Brooks' father. Ah. So, is it okay if she asks you about the bell that looks like it's ringing? Sure. It's okay, Veronica. So, what did you want to ask me, Veronica? Veronica? Why isn't she talking, Cassandra? Veronica is really shy. She has to warm up her motor first. So, is it warmed up yet? Let me see. Yeah, I think so. Veronica? What's your question about the lights? Brooke's father, my sister Cassandra and me were walking up the steps and all of a sudden we saw a special Christmas light in our window that looks very special because it swings back and forth just like a real bell. <gasps> Except it looks like it's ringing all by itself or something and I wanted to know if it's some kind of special electricity that you use inside of the bell or if you have somebody hiding behind the window <gasps> and sticking their hand up and ringing it, hiding real good behind the window curtain so that it looks like the bell's ringing all by itself even though my dad said... <gasps> Brooke's father has bad temper and really doesn't have the spirit of Christmas Day. Dennis said what? Can you answer my sister's question, Brooke's father? Uh, about the bell? I guess. It's the ringing bell light over there in the window, right, Veronica? Veronica? Her motor has to warm up again. Well, here's how the bell works. It's this switch here, and uh, it doesn't seem to be... It's this. This switch. It makes the... Wow! Dad? Yes, Brooke? The lights went out. I know the lights went out, Brooke, honey. That's why it's dark. Probably a fuse or the circuit breaker. I'll go... I'm sorry, Veronica. You bumped into me, Brooke's father. I'm sorry, Cassandra. I'm trying to... Ow! That was Veronica. Dad? Yes, Brooke? It smells something burning. Is it the electricity? No, it smells like... Oh, no! The cookies! Brooke, please hurry and take them out of the oven for your mother! Can't see, Dad. Did you know the lights are out? Yes, I know the lights are out! Oh, now who could that be calling when... <sighs> Hello? Hey, John, it's Dennis. Are Cassandra and Veronica there? Yes, they came by with the pie and... Tell them to hurry home. Turns out our whole family is singing. At church. On Christmas Eve. Very nice. Uh, I'm kind of busy, Dennis. The lights have gone... I got a call from the boss. About the Granville account she might be taking away from you. Oh? She is. But... Not that I asked for it. But she's giving it to me. Bye. They're what? Hello? Come in, the door's open! Sorry, John. I forgot my keys in the... John, do you know the lights are out? Yes, 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 I know the lights are out! Who said I bumped into? It's me, Brooks, mother. Cassandra? Oops. And that's my sister. What's that burning? My cookies? 
I'm sorry, Cassandra? Or is it Veronica? No, it's me, Mom. Brooke? The lights went out. Who's that? It's me, John. Eve, I thought you were going to the repair shop for the bumper. John, you were going to watch my Christmas cookies. Well, I was trying to show the girls how the Christmas light bell works and everything shorted out. What does that have to do with the Christmas cookies? It doesn't have anything to do with them. Dad, stop! Let's just get the lights turned on and we can bake some more cookies. It's no big deal, okay? Okay, I apologize, Brooke. I got some bad news from work. I'm a little tense, that's all. I'll go fix the fuse and... I'm sorry, Cassandra. Veronica? Who did I just trip over? It's me, Dad. It's Max. Want to go chop down a Christmas tree? All right, everybody, we're almost at your Aunt Julie's. You can pull up over there, John. Chris, if you can take this plate of cookies, please. Sure, Mom. Hey, are these the ones that Dad burned yesterday? Of course not. You wouldn't need a serving platter, Chris. You could just carry what was left in an ashtray. That's not funny, Brooke. Come on, Max, get out of the car. Did you see my hat, Brooke? Sure, it's on your head. I always forget it's there. What? Your head? Come on, let's go. Kids, out of the car. Your aunt is waiting. Come on, Brooke, let's go before I lose my hat again. And your head. You coming, Mom? You can go ahead and ring your aunt's doorbell. I just need to talk to your father a second. So can we leave on a pleasant note, John? I really don't want to go to the mall. It's Christmas Eve. The stores will be crawling with people who forgot to shop till the last minute. John, you forgot to shop till the last minute. Well, I mean people other than me. I mean Look, people... let's not argue on Christmas Eve. I took the car for the bumper repair yesterday. It's only fair you go and pick up the present you forgot. When you're through, you can stop back here and pick us up, and we can all head to church for the evening service. Coming, Mom? I'll be right there, Brooke. I forgot about church. I really don't want to go. Why are you being so disagreeable? What's bothering you, John? Just some stuff at work. Never mind. Why are you keeping everything bottled up? Tell me what's worrying you. Leave me alone. I can handle it. I'd like to just hang out in front of the TV tonight and relax. (sighs) You certainly don't have the spirit of Christmas Day. Look, if you won't share what's bothering you, at least try a smile for the kids. Even a little one? The muscles won't work. You need to exercise them more. I'll see you in a little while. Bye, dear. Bye. Yes, that's right, ma'am. There's a directory for the mall on the first floor, and... Oh, excuse me, sir. You can't go through that door. It's the door to the Happy Land Toy Center, right? I'm in a rush. I've got to buy a present and get back. I've got people waiting. It's Christmas Eve, sir. The store is very crowded. I'm sure everyone in there also wants to get home. But we can't let any more folks in until the few people come out. Well, well, 
how long is it going to take to get in? Hmm. Enough customers have to leave so that this line of shoppers over here can enter. I have to stand at the end of this long line before I can get in the store? That's correct, sir. I want to speak to someone who works here. I work here, sir. Well, the manager then. Uh, that would be me, sir. You're the... Okay, I want to speak to the owner. I'm Ms. Jefferson, the co-owner of Happyland Toy Center, sir. May I help you? Then let me speak to the other owner. Of course, sir. Please stand at the end of this line, and when you get in the store, I'm sure she'll be glad to assist you. Welcome to the Happyland Toy Center, sir. I hope you weren't waiting in line out there too long. Let's just say that if I waited any longer, I'd be buying presents for next Christmas. I'm sorry you were inconvenienced, sir, but you are in the store now. How can I help I'm you? I'm looking for the Ice Cream Team video game for my son, Max. That item is quite popular this year. If there are any left, you should find them up on that shelf over there. It's sort of high, isn't it? Once you get through the shoppers, you'll find a small stepladder. Excuse me, please. Pardon me? Pardon me, sir. Excuse me? Ah, is that the stepladder you're sitting on, ma'am? Uh, yes, it is. I'll need for you to stand up. I have to reach the Ice Cream Team video game on the top shelf. You'll be wasting your time. I've already climbed up and looked. The top shelf is empty. The video game is sold out. I'm so disappointed. And I'm pooped. I understand, ma'am, but I'm in a rush. I still need to use the stepladder you're sitting on. Sir, you don't need to be crabby. I'm trying to tell you that the ice cream team video isn't up there. It's sold out. And I'm sitting here trying to catch my breath. I'm sure you can catch your breath just as easily if you stand up and let me use the stepladder. I can't believe you. Here, I'm standing. Take the stepladder. You certainly don't have the spirit of Christmas Day. Don't tell me that. Why does everyone keep telling me that? Look, I've got enough problems. The sooner this holiday is over, the better. Hey. There are no more videos up here. That's what I've been trying to... Wait a minute. Here it is, on the bottom shelf. The Ice Cream Team video game? Yes. Save one for me. Looks like it's the last one. Hold on. You'll give me the video game, right? Since you've been so mean on Christmas Eve. Come on, give it to me. I saw it first. Hey, let go. No. Are you okay, ma'am? Is this man bothering... Oh, John... It's you, Dennis. What are you doing here? Uh, okay, keep the video game. Well, thank you, Mr. Grinch. So, John, trying to do some <clears throat> last-minute shopping? Trying to, right. I guess it's tough after losing that Granville account. Well, yes, things are getting a little tight. Um, so you're here doing some last-minute shopping, too? Oh, no, no, no. I'm very organized. You know that. I got my shopping done months ago. I'm just picking up a few toys for the church Christmas charity drive. I like having my name at the top of the donors list. How uh, charitable of you, Dennis. Well, yes, I think so. Oh, remember I told you my whole family is singing at the Christmas Eve service tonight? Um, yes, I think I remember you telling me. Well, John, we're wearing matching red and green jumpsuits. On the front, it says Jesus, and on the back, it has our names. 
It really says the spirit of Christmas Day, don't you think? It says something, Dennis. Dad. Dad. Just let your father drive, Brooke. He had a rough time at the mall. He had a problem with the P-R-E-S-E-N-T for M-A-X. Hey, Mom, you're spelling. Is it about me? Not necessarily, dear. He also ran into D-E-N-N-I-S. Oh, no. Mr. Perfect. Let's not talk about him, okay? John, there's no need to feel bad. You tried. Apparently not hard enough. If she had just given me that... G-A-M-E. But from what you told me on the phone, it sounds like you weren't very nice to that woman. You really can't blame her. Are you taking her side? What's the matter? I'm not as good as Dennis. I'm not Mr. Perfect. John, you're just so I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E. Are you okay, Mom? I'll drop everyone off at the side entrance. Call me when you want me to pick you up. Aren't you coming to church with us, Dad? No, Chris, I'm not. I've had it with Christmas. John... It was just... Didn't you hear what I said? John, what's gotten into you? Tell me. It's nothing. I know. Now you're going to tell me I don't have the spirit of Christmas Day, right? Dad, you're going kind of fast. Listen, it's all money and worry and it's all a big pain. I'm through with Christmas. Do you hear me? I'm through with Christmas. John, the truth! Oh, my. Are you kids okay back there? We're all okay. Wow. We took a piece out of that tree. Dad, it looks like you knocked off the front bumper this time. The what? I don't believe it! It's this holiday! This Christmas season! They oughta... They oughta kill the guy who invented Christmas! Dad? What? They did kill him. I... I didn't mean to... Oh. Thank you for your singing. Please be seated. As we come to the end of our Christmas Eve service, let me share with you just a few thoughts. We spend much of this season trying to make everything just perfect. We look for the perfect gift. We attempt to have the perfect Christmas decorations with the perfect lights and perfect tree. Yet Christmas can be anything but perfect. In fact, it can be quite messy. And really, the first Christmas was quite messy. Mary and Joseph were far away from home. They were unable to find a decent room where they could stay. They were forced to spend the night in a first century barn alongside animals. This is what God's Son, Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, was born into. He spent his first night in a feeding trough. Joseph may have felt like a failure because he wasn't able to provide the basic needs for his family. That first Christmas looked anything but perfect, yet it was exactly what we as a human race need. If we were really capable of being perfect, then Jesus would never have had to come and, yes, die. It is because of our brokenness, our helplessness, our selfishness, and our pride that he had to come. We are far from perfect. Really, in a word, we're sinners. The message of Christmas can be summarized in the words of the angel to the shepherds. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. 
a Savior, not to make life perfect, because honestly, it never will be, but a Savior to get rid of the sin that separates us from God. Christmas is for those who recognize they are not perfect and who are tired of trying to be. And then when we consider what is the true spirit of Christmas Day, I say gratitude. Gratitude to a loving God who entered our mess and sought us out in spite of our desperate shortcomings. This Christmas, I invite you to escape the chase for perfection, adopt a heart of gratitude, and come to rest in Jesus, our perfect Savior. I'm glad you came to church with us, Dad. I'm thankful none of you were hurt in the car. Why don't you kids run along? Your mother and I will be right behind you. Eve, I... I could have lost you all. And we might have lost you, John. Well, you did lose me for a while. Honey, why did it take something so horrible to wake me up? You've become so closed off, John. Maybe you can try and let me in? And do you think you could also let Jesus in, too? Lean on him a little. That's what he's here for. Hi, Eve. John? Hello, Dennis. So what did you think about the singing? Wasn't my family just great? It sounded great, Dennis. And I thought I was singing at my absolute top form. And those red and green jumpsuits just added so much, don't you think? Well, I have to mingle. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Dennis. How can I ever measure up to Mr. Perfect? Perfect what? It's all perfect nonsense, if you ask me. Dennis is a nice man, but it's all surface. It's all on the outside. You think so? John, you've got Jesus and the real spirit of Christmas inside. You always did. It just got buried under all this stuff. Yeah, I should trust Jesus more and give thanks for all I've got. I mean, look at my wonderful family. My lovely Eve, Brooke, Chris. What about me, Dad? And especially you, Max. And it's okay about the video game, Dad. What? Max? You knew what we were spelling? Uh Uh-huh. Hey, Mom, I can even spell the spirit of Christmas Day. Really? Sure. J-E-S-U-S. Uh-huh, that sounds about right. It's Christmas, the day when we're miracle child of fear. Oh, yeah, in every corner of the world. Rejoice, baby, Jesus, born to show. Christmas Day was written and directed by George Zahn. Assistant Director, Barb Hartwick. Starring 
Jamie Lanning as John. Also featured were Craig Beckner, Alex Call, Bryce Drinkwater, Jane Drinkwater, Celeste Dupuy, Cameron Greenleaf, Shea Greenleaf, Barb Hartwick, Janice Heisey, Robin Heisey, Arden McGregor, and Andrew Temple. Original music composed by George Czar and performed by Mike DeGazio, Jeff Dupuy, and Melanie Maxwell. Sound effects by Celeste Dupuy, Scott Heisey, Michelle Quigg, and Jonathan Wuda. Technical crew, Mike Greenfield, Vern Jones, Dennis Maystead, and Terry Smith. Produced by George Czar and Noel Dupuy for Faith Baptist Church. Pastor's message written by Pastor Daryl Baker. We at Faith Baptist Church pray that you will come to know the Christ of Christmas as your own personal Savior this holiday season. Ah! Oh. 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 I get more bruises, but at least I'm here, and if I can't get to David in central control, I can at least grab the audience out of the heart before we into the new ear. Sonic Society Season 10 is written and produced by Jack J. Ward and David Alt, with original music provided by Sharon B. at SharonB.com. All features, interviews, and audio drama shorts are owned completely by their originators and provided to the Sonic Society through Creative Commons licensing. The Sonic Society itself originates from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada. This has been an Electric Vicuna production. Apparently you enjoy listening to audio dramas since you're hearing this message. I'll keep it short so you can get back to the fun stuff. If you would like to see and experience how all these stories, voices, sound effects, and music come together to create theater of the mind, make plans to visit the Modern Audio Drama Convention in Halifax, Nova Scotia, July 24th through 26th, 2020. Meet the creators. Find out how to write, record, mix, sweeten, and produce movies that play in your head. See what the voices you hear actually look like. We never look like we sound. For all the details, visit madcon.com. That's M-A-D as in modern audio drama, then dash as in dash on over, then con as in convention, duh, then dot as in it'll be the most fun you've had in a while, period, then com as in come on over, we'll love to see you. Madcon, your ears and brain will thank you.